Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 147, and it is titled, How to Become the Man You Want to Be. I think this is going to be a great conversation today because this is a subject that really, really needs to be talked about right now. I personally have watched the attack on masculinity and what it means to be a real man for years now. And I have really seen a lot of pressure from society and from media and, and everywhere else to make men be something other than what men are. And I think it's a big problem in society, and I really think it needs to change. So, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about this later about how I'm doing things by opening up my coaching program to help change that. And we have a special guest today who also does this work, who... Um, from what I can tell, and we'll find out more because we haven't actually interviewed him yet, but it seems like <laughs> this is his mission in the world too. So we're going to find out more about that. Pradeep, the pressure is on. You're going to have to deliver, like you can give us how to be a real man today because we women want men. And you know, it's an interesting, I, I'm very excited to be the woman in the conversation too, just to bring that, um, that point of view, uh, because I know too that sometimes women think, oh, we want to have more sensitive guys and somebody who will be in touch with his emotions and we don't want to have this like macho asshole and it's very interesting to find what is it that we really want because you want to have that sensitivity but you still want to have that masculinity we don't want to kill it because I've been in relationship where I thought that's what I wanted and I mean it's not there it ain't good <laughs> so we're gonna tell we're gonna be like get really real about all of these things today yeah, we've got some great stuff to talk about because one of the other things is that there's this idea with men that they can't be spiritual and be real men at the same time. So we have some great stuff to talk about in that regards too. So I, okay. let's just get going. <laughs> all right. All right. First, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men, whether you want to have harder erections, last longer in the bedroom or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. Our guest today is Pradeep Sangha. He is a widely known as the strategist for businessmen and teaches men how to become the complete man. Ooh. His personal mission is to help men grow their businesses massively, increase their personal fulfillment in life, and improve their relationship with their wife and kids. He is the founder behind the movement of men becoming mindful alpha males. Ooh, I can't wait to hear more about that. Men who experience complete victory and having it all. Wow. This is going to be juicy. Welcome, Pradeep. Thank you, too, for having me. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like an awesome podcast, especially that promo that you were talking about. What is it, Power Mastery? Yes, it is our own program, and uh, we have awesome online courses for men to like have them rocket in the bedroom. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> we'll talk to you about it off air. You know, we can give you access to it. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're, we're just going to dive right in because there is so much to talk about here. Now, 
this may be, some of what we talk about may be rather controversial given today's climate, but it's a conversation that really needs to be had. And actually, I kind of hope it is controversial. <laughs> so, so we'll see. We're going to jump right in with the first question, which is, in today's day and age, men are being raised and taught to be soft. Tell us from your point of view what you see the main problem with men is today. Well, I, I see the biggest problem being men are confused. They're completely confused in terms of what it means. So it, are they supposed to be masculine, not masculine? Are they too masculine, not masculine enough? There's no real baseline. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges. And that really comes from a lack of mentorship. I think what's happened is because uh, this generation now has been raised to be kind of iffy with their masculinity, where the previous generation was dealing with it, but they were kind of, you can say, pushing it away. Uh, this generation now is actually growing up with it. And the next generation, I, I think, has is going to have no clue what it means to be masculine. So it's, it's a combination of many things. One of the biggest challenges, too, is that a lot of uh, families are being raised without masculine men today or men being present at all. Over in the U.S., over 50% of, of families are being raised without full-time fathers. And so we wonder why kids are, are getting this message and, and growing up this way. Um, then you add on the media aspect. Then you add on, the, you know, the feminist movement is still there, but it's not as, I would say, as full throttle. But there's, it's, it's an odd environment. I don't know how to explain it, but it is just, it's almost like this hot topic that masculinity is bad because we have this battle now in the corporate world that is between men and women. So in the business world. And, and this, I think, is a bigger challenge because this is trickling into personal relationships because uh, women have been oppressed for such a long time in the workforce, for example, in senior executive roles. Well, they've come up, but what's happened now is that it's, it's trickled into relationships. We don't need to battle it out in relationships in terms of, you know, who wears a pants and who doesn't. Um, that's where the bigger challenge is happening is a lot of this stuff in the corporate world is actually coming into personal and, and in the community into society. That's the bigger danger. Yeah. And the, the, there's so many layers to what you just said, right? So, you know, I, I'm going to say something that, that maybe you don't necessarily want to say because it is controversial, but I'm going to say it because I don't care. I love dropping truth bombs. But. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but in my point of view, the first part of what you were talking about, about, um, you know, not knowing how to be men and how, and, and I actually said this in the intro too, this, this pressure to sort of topple over masculinity, if, if you will. I think that that is a very deliberate and concerted effort by the powers that be to make men less masculine because people are easier to control when they are less <laughs> masculine, right? Because masculine is, is who's going to step up and going to say no. That's who's going to step up and fight back. And I'm not saying that women can't do that, too. So before anybody mm -hmm. gets, you know, their panties in a wad, uh, <laughs> women can do that, too. But there is, and women have uh, masculine energy as well, right? So I don't want to exclude them. But in general, it's masculine energy, whether it's in the form of a man or a woman, that's going to step up and say, no, we are not going to let you do that to us. So if you break that down, you break down the resistance of the very people that you're trying to control. That's a little bit of an aside, but I see that as being a driving factor towards that. They also want to destroy the family. So what's a great way to destroy the family? Destroy the father. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I think there's, if you take a look at what's kept families together for such a long time, and a key element of that, of that has been family dinners. 
and family dinners have actually start, it's it's they're dissolved many of them have dissolved i think with covid one of the big positives is that family units have had to come together again and spend be forced to spend time so that's one positive aspect that's come out of this but you're absolutely right it's a concerted effort i believe i i don't know what the ultimate agenda is but if you have and this is why i do the work that i do when you have strong men you have stronger relationships, you have stronger family units, you have stronger communities, and you have a stronger nation and ultimately a stronger world as a result of that. Um, I, I do believe that right now we we do need to step up, right? Because it, when men are in that state of being successful, being mindful, being alpha males, they are not at the point of it being just about me, me, me. It's about giving. It's about protecting our community, our families, and the people around us. And I don't think that's the way a lot of men have behaved during COVID in particular. It's been, um, I'm not going to say all men, but it's I've seen this camp where it's kind of been like, okay, well, let me just hoard everything I can. Let me get my guns and let me protect my family and whatever it is, where the opposite side has been, okay, let me see who I can help. Right. Let me see what neighbors I can help, what community members I can help. Let me see how I can help my nation. That's where we need to be. But a man needs to be comfortable with himself and his masculinity to be able to get there. That's where the whole concept of the mindful alpha male comes in. So uh, long story short, I completely agree with you. We need stronger family units. And that comes from having stronger, more masculine men. Absolutely. Now, and I don't want to spend too much time going down what the agendas or causes are. I mean, most people can either figure that out for themselves or we can have another conversation about that. But what I really want to address is, uh, so <clears throat> what effect is that having on men and families and relationships? And then what do we do about it? Right. So um, we sort of covered this already, but I want to ask it anyway, just in case there's something that's sort of missing, which is, you know, what do you think has contributed to these problems? So we're seeing this change. Like, what are some of the driving factors? So we talked about, you know, the workforce, yeah. but I know there's others. Oh, there's others, too. There's things uh, like our legal system. It's changing slowly, but it's it's happening where women have the upper hand when it comes to, let's just say, a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so women can leave. And this is one of the biggest things that I see in a lot of uh, men's relationship. They'll try to be as masculine as they can, but they have... The women are are raised to be more masculine now, and so when a man wants to step up and just to say, and I don't mean this in a in a belligerent way or a controlling way, but put his foot down and say, no, this is not how our family or our relationship is going to operate. We need to do things differently. He's easily threatened and said, well, okay, maybe I'll just see you later. I'll take half of what you're worth and I'll take the kids. And you can uh, deal with what you have there. And we know through the legal system that is a big chance. If I talk to most of my clients. Eight out of 10 guys are struggling in their relationship in some way, shape, or form. And not that they're, they don't need to change things. Uh, there's definitely behaviors and habits and belief systems that they need to adjust. But for the most part, they're doing everything they can to make the relationship work and be successful. And they're working their butts off because they want to provide for their, their, their wives and their kids and the lifestyle. Like they are sacrificing themselves for their families. But they feel like their relationship is a struggle, like they're they're not able to, you can say, um, lead the direction for their family. And a lot of them are afraid to leave the relationship for this very reason or say, smarten up, do things differently. And I'm going to speak for myself, for example. This is my personal experience. My wife and I had a really um, a great relationship at the beginning, and then it became a little bit more challenging because my wife was raised by a single mother. 
Her parents were divorced. Her father got remarried, has a, had his own family, wasn't really in the picture after that. And my mother-in-law had raised my wife to be more masculine. You don't need a man. Get an education. Get a really good job. And don't depend on a man. Well, I didn't see that until we really got into the relationship. But what ended up happening was even knowing everything that I knew, I kind of started to, let's just say, be a little bit too cooperative. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I became, I shifted from more of my masculine side to more of my feminine side. And I have a, I have a, a balance in between because I grew up understanding this and knowing this. But even I allowed myself to be sh- shifted too much to the point where our relationship was in balance uh, or unbalanced, I should say. And when I, I finally said, and my fear with that was, okay, if I do something here, because I know her mother, she just jumps on every single thing that happens and she plugs whatever she can into my wife's ear, that's a very delicate situation. And if I step up and I say anything, you know, she may walk out the door with the kids because we've had these conversations before. And it wasn't until the moment that I said, I'm okay losing half or more of what I'm worth, I'm okay with her taking the kids because I'd rather be the man that I want to be and stand up for my values and stand up for what I believe in than be worried about this happening. And it was at that moment that our relationship changed. It was at that moment that she started to shift her behavior as well. Boom. That's what I want to say. Boom. That is a huge (laughs) boom. When you finally come to that realization that's massive. How many men are out there right now, like teetering back and forth and can't quite make that shift? And that is such a huge and important shift. So, you know, congratulations to you for being able to do that. <laughs> so, so what effect did that have? Tell us, you know, the next part of that. It's like you made that shift and then boom, how did you see things shift and change? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, you know, we have to work together in the relationship. That was the biggest thing and, and get her to understand that I am not her enemy. And this is big challenge that's happening in the media, right? Because and social media, um, men and women are being portrayed as uh, opposing enemies versus working together. Uh, and that I just I, I don't get the sense of that. Well, long story short, we worked through it and I said, OK, I'm going to take lead of this family. That's the way it is. And if you want to jump on board, you can jump on board. Otherwise, I'm good doing it myself. And she actually saw that I was serious, that I loved her and that I was there to provide for her and give her everything that I wanted. And she saw that I worked my butt off for my family, that I put them on as the number one priority. And so it was almost like a relief for her because now she could step back into her feminine because she was taught for such a long period. And she even said that. She's like, this is a relief. Mm-hmm. Because now she can just not disregard, but put everything that her mom has taught her for such a long period um, on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. And so her mother was no longer able to get in between us that easily, for example. All right, Saint, I know you have to comment on this. You you can't just sit there and not say anything. Like, tell us from your point of view, how does that resonate with you? What do you feel about that as far as sense of relief, as far as, you know, if the masculine isn't there, do you have to step up? Like, tell us. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to say, like, when Pradeep, you were sharing about your story, when you were describing the moment when you said you had no more fear of losing her and losing 
half of you were for whatever else. Like literally inside me, I got turned on. And I was like, this is the kind of man that I think like this is what we want as women. Now, I'm also somebody who's a strong, independent woman, but I'm also very feminine and had to work on, on these two things to learn that you can be strong and you get, it doesn't mean that because your husband or your boyfriend, your partner, however title you give this person is strong, doesn't mean you are less strong. And again, mm -hmm. that we don't have to constantly be like sword fighting. And that we can play to our best strength. And so one of the biggest challenges that I see that women have to learn is how can I still be strong, but also find that softness. And again, like that partnership, that dance of the masculine and feminine. And that when we operate so much in our masculine, we can do it because if men don't do it, we will pick it up because somebody has to do the job. But ultimately, it depletes us. It makes us tired. It's not our true nature. And while we can do it, it doesn't mean that it's sustainable in the long term. And that place that you can come to where you can finally let go and surrender will transpire in all the different areas of your life sure in your relationship but also in the bedroom in the quality of your orgasms in in how you can open up and blossom and have more joy in your life in how you feel less tired and stressed out how you become a better mother a better lover i mean so many things it could go on and on and that place you can only access it i think through that partnership of that that masculine and feminine it took you stepping it up it took her seeing you and accepting you in this And then seeing that it didn't take anything away from her and she could so let go. And then you both came into your power. And this is really what we see as being a power couple. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that that's where it comes together. It's that having that healthy balance of the masculine and feminine. And it, the balance has shifted. The balance has shifted to the opposite side. But we're also getting into this, this society of being neutral. Oh. And I, oh, man, like <laughs> this gender neutrality thing, and, and I'm not talking about, you, you know, sexual preferences. Everybody has a right to their own. Everybody, I think, should be treated as human beings we write, and, and not be discriminated against. But to say that, you know, because you're a man, you can't say, you know, him or, you know, her or she or whatever it is. It is it's becoming so confusing for people these days. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's like a, a neutral society is boring. Yes. <laughs> and and my, my, my dad actually said something long, long time ago. And, and I still remember to a day, this day, because it was funny. And this was before the term was even being used is we were talking about a friend of ours and he wasn't in a relationship with a man or a woman. And we were just talking and, and my dad made the comment. Yeah, he's neutral. And we just started laughing because, yeah, like we, we just couldn't figure it out. Like he would just wasn't going one way or the other way. He was just totally neutral. Um, and that's how we're seeing just society. When you have a neutral society, it's boring. There's no attraction. Um, and I obviously can tell for, from what you two teach and um, it is you need that attraction. You need that draw. You need that magnetism for things to work Absolutely. in a relationship and just in life. <laughs> Absolutely. So we, we use the term polarity, right? Yeah. Everything in this world is based on polarity. You could say that we live in a dualistic world, and it's not just world as in earth, but like all of creation is based on this dualistic nature, and those two opposites actually attract. So you need that spark, you need that polarity, that difference. That is the spice of life. That is what actually creates life and what makes life worth living. So when you get into that neutral space 
everything's just sort of blah and nothing is really exciting and nothing really amazing ever gets created and it's all just uh mush (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i'm curious i want to maybe quickly before we we get more again into uh, some different things that men can do but i was curious about what do you think the downsides of the women's lib movement are because you briefly touched on it and I just wanted to bring it up there because I think there's still this confusion with women where we're like, I'm a feminist, or I'm even hearing like men saying I'm a feminist, you know, and I'm kind of like, this is kind of very strange. How how can you be a guy and a feminist and like a feminist? Like, I mean, are you loving women or are you like against smashing or are you smashing men? Like, what does that mean really? So I'm just a little bit curious about your opinion about the women's labor here. (laughs) Uh, you know what? I, I love that because interesting enough, when I have uh, most of the people, they'll judge based on the title of my podcast, for example, the male entrepreneur or the complete man. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll judge and be like, okay, this is totally like sexist. What, you know, what is a chauvinist, for example? And the interesting thing, it's about half and half. It's about half from women and half from men. And when I'll make comments, whether it's on social media, for example, and, and it's because my audience is men. And it's not because I disrespect women, but I'm speaking to men. So I will say things like your wife, or I will say things like the complete man, or as a businessman. And men, I'll have some men that say, well, you should include women in this. And that's that's when I laugh inside. I don't even engage because I know who wears the pants in in that man's relationship and those Mm -hmm. men's relationship. I could already tell what's happening in their lives. Um, So I feel bad for them already just for because they're making a comment, I can pretty much pinpoint where their how their life is going. So we, men are confused with that. They think because they're sticking up for women that um, it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anybody is putting women down from that perspective um, when they talk about it specifically for men. Interesting enough, we get, we get half of our referrals from women for our business where they're saying, please help these guys in my, in my life, whether it's my partner, my business partner, whoever it is. And our, our biggest supporters, a lot of them are from, the, are from women. A majority of the feedback that we get about my book is from women. Um, I, I hear from women all the time, thank God, there's so many resources out there for women and women's groups and so forth. I'm, it's, it's finally nice to see something specifically for men. Mm-hmm. So I think women are stepping up as well and, and saying, you know what, they're not comfortable with this anymore. They're seeing the challenges that it's brought. A lot of women are saying, I need my man to man up. So they're, they're seeing this. They're seeing this. Um, the other side, too, is we, we know, and, and there's men that have talked about this for a while. And I, I'm not going to mention their names, but they've, we've had open conversations. These are men who are in, let's just say, uh, the public light. And, and they have challenges sometimes because a lot of the powerful, um, you can say, executives in media, a lot of them are women. Mm. And if you bring forward a topic that's specifically about men, they will cut it down. And so these men have told me openly, they said, you know what, to try to talk about this topic in, in certain media outlets, for example, it's a dead, it's a, it's a dead end because it won't go anywhere. Because again, there's this fight at the corporate level between men and women. It's, it's a bigger challenge from that perspective. And I think that needs to be addressed as well, because now I saw it in the corporate world before I had left was 
they were forcing boards, for example, to take on women. They were forcing executive teams to take on uh, women because they were women. Now, I'm all for that. I'm all for diversity, but I'm not for putting policies in place and hiring a woman over a man just because she's a woman. I do believe it should be the best candidate, yeah. whether it's a man or a woman. Of course. Well, that's, that's reverse sexism, right? That's all, mm-hmm. that's all that it is, is, is choosing somebody specifically because of their gender, regardless of which gender it is, is sexism. It's the same thing of what's going on today is choosing somebody because of their skin color, regardless of what skin color that is, doesn't matter which direction it goes in, it's still racism, right? Yeah. So that's, that's really not not the solution. And I keep wondering, like, at what point does society realize that when the pendulum's out of balance on this side, that swinging it all the way over to the other side is not the solution, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you had, and we we have to admit that we did have a society at one point that was absolutely male-dominated, and that was excluding women. There's no escaping that history. But to swing all the way back to the other side now where the women are in control and they specifically won't even allow you to talk about men's issues, well, that's just the same thing but in reverse, and it doesn't solve the problem. We need to come more into the middle where we can both have open discussions about this stuff. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's ultimately what it is. We have to work together rather than opposing each other. Yes. All right. Well, so it's time actually to take a quick break and read our next sponsor ad. I actually kind of forgot because I was so carried away in this conversation. I'm like reminding him. I'm like, it's time for the ad. (laughs) Well, fortunately, today's ad is brought to you by me. (laughs) I've actually never done an ad for my own programs or anything like that. So today's the first one. So, hey, guys. Do you know what makes a man great? This is so appropriate for this conversation. (laughs) You know, the kind of masculine man that women are irresistibly attracted to and want? Is it money, job title, physical body? Is it because he's great in bed? Maybe he has a big penis. Maybe he has great pickup lines. (laughs) But what if you don't have all of those things, right? I mean, most guys probably don't have everything on that list. What if you've had a string of failed relationships, you're embarrassed by your bedroom skills, doubt whether you can rise to the occasion, worry about lasting long enough, or are always stuck in the friend zone? If that sounds like you, then I can help you for the first time in years. And when I say years, probably about five years it's been. Um, For the first time, I'm opening up my private coaching practice because up until this point, I have only been coaching with my beautiful wife, Celine. So if you are ready to make big changes and finally become the man you've always wanted to be, then this is the program for you. To find out more, go to selenremy.com forward slash go forward slash warrior. Ooh, the link will be in the description. That's right. So Pradeep, you have something very unique that I wanted to talk about because in our pre-interview, you mentioned about your father who was a spiritual man and also was in the Indian army. So it's like when you think about like, oh, spiritual and war, like, like how do these things go together? How did he manage both of those two things? Yeah, so interesting. That was actually my grandfather. So my dad oh. was actually a police officer, okay, but also had a, a lot of the spiritual aspects too. So he could he could read our spiritual Bible, which very few people um, can read because it's it's in Sanskrit uh, mixed with different languages. But my my grandfather was in the army for three plus decades, the Indian British Army. But his father was a spiritual teacher for fifty years. So my great grandfather. 
So my grandfather grew up with this. He grew up with spirituality. He grew up with, when we talk about energies, for example, a lot of the Indian practices. And he was living both, you could say, dualities. He was in war and fighting and killing. And on the opposite side, practice, practicing spirituality, which was really interesting. But actually, at that time, a lot of men in the Indian Army were doing that, and specifically men who have um, sick background, because they're they're spiritual, but they're also warriors. Mm. So it's that whole concept of a spiritual warrior. So when he immigrated over to Canada, he was, he taught me so many things. He taught me, okay, your word is your bond as a man. That's where I learned it from. He said the only thing that you have as a man is your print are your values and your principles because people can take away your money, they can take away your certifications, they can take away your home, they can even take the shirt off your back, they can take the family members away from you because he saw all of that during war. But he said the one thing they can't take away from you as a man are your values and your principles. So have strong ones, protect them and live by them. And those words stuck with me because my grandfather was the most interesting person I would say I know. He knew five different languages, so he's educated, uh, was the toughest guy I knew, but he wasn't a very big man, but very disciplined, but also very spiritual. Woke up every day in the morning, four o'clock and did his prayers. And in the evening, he did his prayers and taught me about spirituality, taught me about compassion taught me about the, you could say, the two sides of, of living life, you can say. And I think this is where we, uh, as men, sometimes don't always embrace. We see the tough side, but we don't always embrace the spiritual side. Uh, and that was very powerful for me because that's, I think that allowed me to see things from a different light growing up. Yeah, those are some very powerful words and concepts. I hope the men listening to this really heard that because that, that is, a, that is a very powerful teaching. So I think this is it's so important to, to tell that story, I think, Pradeep, because we see it for sure here in Southern California, but there's definitely this idea that if you're going to be a spiritual guy, you can't be that warrior. You know, you've, you've got to be the softy. You've got to be the one that's always, how can I help you? And you don't want to step on anybody's toes and you spend most of your time meditating or... Eye-gazing. Eye-gazing <laughs> or, 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 or whatever. And, and they, they will actually look down on and frown upon men in the community who have more of those masculine values. Maybe they, maybe they practice some sort of martial arts or they're, you know, they have guns in the house to protect their family or whatever it is. They'll kind of look down on that, right? And so it's so important to have examples, I think, in this world of men who understand, you know, even if you want to go into the Bible, there's this misconception that Jesus was a total pacifist and that he was completely... Um, uh, against any sort of, you know, standing up or violence. And that's actually not true if you really study it. You know, he's the one that went into the temples and threw over the tables of the money changers, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there are other quotes where he talks about taking up the sword, because there are times when that is necessary. There are times when you have to be that warrior. And there are times when you have to have a deep spirituality. Mm-hmm. And so we just don't have enough examples of people who can embody both of those at the same time. Well, I think that you're on to something there because it's all about examples. And we we learn from examples and we learn specifically from the people that are around us. That's why I'm so adamant about mentorship, especially when it comes to men. Men should be mentoring other men. We should be mentoring younger boys, for example, 
because that's that's who they need. That's gonna who's gonna have the biggest impact on them. If I take a look at my dad, for example, and he was a big guy. He was six one, two hundred forty pounds. Uh, it like tough as nails, for example, because he was in the police force. Like he could just you know cut his arm open and be like, okay, let's just wrap it up and keep working. And <laughs> I I you know I learned from him. I was like, man, this he was in a lot of ways he was like uh, a, a huge figure to us, my brother and I, because when he was around. It was like nothing could hurt us. Nothing could hurt our family. But he was also one of the most emotional men I knew. And so for the people that knew my dad, they absolutely loved him because they're like, this guy's tough. When he walked into a room, you didn't have to see him. You could feel his presence. But when he opened up to you, he was just like this big, soft teddy bear. And, you know, he would even cry and he would tell his deepest, darkest challenges, for example. He would just open up. And then the spiritual side, I think this is, again, it all comes down to situational there's, there's a more appropriate behavior, beliefs, energy that is used in different situations. And this is what we teach men is to use different energies in different situations. If you go into a boardroom full of women and you're the guy that's out there pounding the pavement like a, a masculine dude, you're not going to get very far, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to use different energies in different situations. The man who can be more flexible and be flexible on that spectrum, whatever the spectrum that is for you in your own life, you're going to be more successful. And that's why I don't like pigeonholing men a specific way. You have to be able to learn to be diverse. You have to be able to learn to read your environment and learn different skills and apply those different skills. And that comes down to energy as well. And that comes down to your personality. It comes down to your identity. The more flexible and diverse you are, the more successful you will be in life. But I am totally different with my kids in terms of the, the way they behave. So if we're having a fun time, I'll be more of a fun dad. If they're misbehaving, then I have to be a tougher dad, for example. But then when my wife's in the picture and she needs certain type of attention, then I'll have to be, I'll have to be softer um, or more romantic or depending on her mood, you know, my, I might have to be the other side, which is like erotic, take charge and let's go. Right. So it's, it's about diversity. If we are stuck one way as men and told that this is the way you have to be, that's the most dangerous situation that you can be in because that's when pent up masculinity, you know, happens as well. And men will take it out in different ways through crime, whatever, uh, you know, being controlling, dominating in ways that they shouldn't. So it's about teaching them to be able to be different based on how they want to be in different situations. I love those nuances. I think that's really where the key is. And, and then it's about integrating all of these different parts. And I think that's part of the, of, of the work that we have to learn. Like we love to put labels and it helps us feel safe. And like, we like, Oh, this is what it is. But what I found is it's really important to, um, make that box bigger. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, the labels, if you need them or want them, sometimes they can be good, but don't be so attached to them and be willing to have more than one. And I, I can see that it can change. And I love this idea of modulating um, your masculine energy or just how you show up. And, that, and then again, that, that gives you more depth. And that depth is very attractive and it gives you strength too within yourself because you have more resources. So I'm curious if you have any maybe practices or 
a first step that men can do today to be uh, a, a better man as we're talking about these nuances um, how to be more of a healthy masculine for their for their women or for themselves for society in general yeah sure I think the first thing is so I always start with emotions because we do everything based on what we want to feel mm -hmm. and if we don't know how we want to feel and especially for men we're very goal focused and goal oriented If we don't have a goal, we are lost. And so having a goal is important of what type of emotions we want to feel. And that I, I ask men, you know, just list three to five emotions that you want to feel on a regular basis, whether that's peace, content, passion. Passion is one of my biggest ones, peace and passion. So I have very diverse elements in my life, but outlining them is very important because what we do is the way we live our life is we do things hoping that it's going to bring us some kind of emotional, uh, you can say, uh, fulfillment. But what we do a lot of the times isn't the activity that we should be doing to bring that emotional fulfillment. So it, we're, we're working our lives backwards. So start with the end in mind, which is everything that we do is based on fulfilling an emotion, whether that's excitement, passion, love, whatever it is. So identify that and then work backwards and say, what kind of lifestyle, what kind of relationship will support that? And then work backwards and say, well, what kind of man would I need to be to be able to support that lifestyle or have that type of relationship? And sit down. You can sit down with your partner. And I, this is a really tough one for guys to do. And even for a lot of women these days to do as well, because they've been trained to be tough like men and not open up. But sit down and ask your partner, you know, what do you, and this is one question I ask of my wife every day and we ask each other, what is the one thing you need from me the most today? Just the one thing, mm -hmm. not a laundry list of things because, <laughs> you know, that's what, that's what ends up happening. And we found this works very well because it's one simple thing. She asked me and I'll ask her and I know, like she's told me one thing, I can do this one thing. And if I do it, she's feeling more fulfilled. And if she does it, I'm feeling more fulfilled and it helps our relationship out significantly. But this is, goes back to the whole concept of being the complete man. If you focus on yourself in terms of who you are and you feel good about who you are as a man, the people around you will react differently. That is the key. And that all ultimately starts with emotions. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, that's, that, that was a goldmine of advice, actually. <laughs> It really was. And I, I love that piece about uh, asking each other, what's the one thing that I can do for you today? That, that's great. I think if, if listeners only took that piece home, They've already significantly improved their relationship. Mm -hmm. Plus, I love the idea of distilling it to the one thing because it's so easy to just have that laundry list, right? Or it gets mm -hmm. just lost in so many things to do. And I think especially us for women and it's like, oh, I need this, 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 and I need all of that. And then we're like overwhelmed. Then it's like, hold on, take a deep breath. And it's like, what would make the biggest difference if there was one thing I could get help with? And that's the one thing. And then it, it really, I can see how it can help bring more harmony and balance for everyone involved. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I would also just, I want to repeat uh, another question that you uh, posed to people, which is one that I often ask in coaching too, which is, who do you have to become Right, so if you want to be that man, who do you have to become in order to, to be that? Right, and you phrased it slightly, slightly differently, but that idea of you have a goal that you want to achieve, right? So, what kind of man is the man that achieves that goal, and how can you become like that man? 
I mean, it's, it's, it's spectacular advice, really. Yeah, well, that's the difference between the physical world. And we can talk about this on this podcast because, you know, you talk about spirituality and and energy. That's the difference between having to work hard and and struggle and just sheer will trying to get to where you want to be. That's the physical world. On the opposite side, in the spiritual world, it's it's about attraction. It's about attracting what you want. And when you are that man, it actually comes to you. It's like a magnet. It's drawn to you mm-hmm. rather than you, you still have to work. You still have to put the action and the time and the effort in, but it's drawn to you rather than you feeling like you just constantly have to struggle towards it. Mm-hmm. So if women are listening to this podcast and they made it all the way to the end, uh, <laughs> we have something special here for them mm-hmm. listening. Pradeep, I'm curious because most women say that they can't find a masculine man. That's kind of one of the mm-hmm. biggest challenge that they're having. What do you have to say to them? <laughs> Well, I would say, uh, well, I got so many things to say. <laughs> where do, where, you know, where do I start? I would say um, they are out there. They are out there. You may have to find them. And when you find them, you may have to even give them some safe space to be able to be that masculine man. Because everywhere they go, they're being told not to be masculine. Um, and this is kind of counterintuitive because a masculine f- will be masculine regardless, right? Um, but even, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how masculine you are. If you're surrounded by total feminine energy the, in your entire life, you're going to kind of shy. You're going to shy away. So having that nurturing environment is very important for women. And that's what the feminine energy does anyways. And if you're a feminine woman, you will attract a masculine man. And I think that is my biggest piece of advice is if you stay true to who you are from a feminine perspective, the masculine will be attracted to you. Because in all honesty, too, just like it's maybe tough to find masculine men, it is just as tough to find feminine women these days. And men are looking for those feminine women. They are drawn to feminine women. It is like, it's like walking through the desert, thirsty, after days and weeks. They are looking for that quenching, you know, pond or that water or the bottled water to drink because they are starving for that. And I can tell you, there are a lot of men that, that need that feminine energy. I completely agree. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If, if, and I was going to say, if you don't know how to do that, work with me. I'll help you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I, I, I would love to continue this conversation for about another hour because honestly, we skipped about half of the questions that we had for you, but we are already running late and we just have one more question. Well, we've got two. Number one, oh, we okay. want to get like, where can our listeners find more about you? Because I'm Honestly, we barely scratched the surface. This was great. I know you've got a podcast, you've got a book. Uh, so where can our listeners connect with you? Sure. If you would like to connect with me, then you can find me pretty much in every social media channel. My handle is typically at Pradeep Sangha. You can also check out my podcast, The Male Entrepreneur Podcast. We talk about a variety of topics from business to everything that men deal with. And then also you can get a copy of my book if you go to completemanaudio.com and use the the promo code VICTORY75, so VICTORY75, all all one word, uh, you'll get 75% off the audiobook. Yes, and that will all be in the show notes. So if you don't know how to spell it or you forget it, it'll all be right there in the show notes. (laughs) Make sure that you go find it. All right, you want to ask our guest the final question? You can do it for, for a chance. Oh, okay. <laughs> Usually Celine asks this question. So we, we have a question that we ask everybody that we interview on the show. And it mm-hmm. is, 
since we are the Love Lab podcast. What is your best sexual talent? Oh, wow. <laughs> this, is, this is a good one. I like this. Uh, you know, I have mine. You'd have to ask my wife. She'd probably have a different answer. Um, you know, I would say in, in the relationship that I have with my wife, it would be getting her to relax because I think that's the biggest thing. I give really good massages. Uh, and so that is the, I would say the biggest talent there outside of, you could say the manual movements and all the other stuff too. Um, but I, I've, I, I like that energy transfer through massages. Mm -hmm. I love it because, um, it, you know, it's just, it's, how do I say it? It's, it's, it's proactive yet it's passive and I can feel her energy and she can feel my energy. There's no expectations. And it's just a way for us to connect and create that, that safe space for her to open up. And I can tell you when we do that, like that's the best sex that, that we have because she's totally relaxed. She's totally calm. She's, she's turned on and then she's ready to go. Uh, and I'm, by that time, I'm turned on too. <laughs> Absolutely. Pro tip for the men listening. One of the ways you can help your woman achieve amazing orgasms is to help her relax first. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely true. For sure. Man, so many gems. I hope you all stuck until the end because like... That was super valuable. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing, Pradeep. This has been a wonderful conversation. It was a pleasure having you on the Love Lab. Yeah, thank you for having me. And honestly, this has been one of the most entertaining podcasts I've been on. So thank you. <laughs> awesome. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Love Lab podcast. And we will see you all next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>